BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome on to a special 2024 edition of Hollinger and Duncan. The holidays are over. The halcyon moment of January 15th and January 10th are almost uh, upon us here. And so it is time to fully assess the trade market. And the way we traditionally start with this is just going through and assessing which players are likely to be traded, how much they're going to help, what the price might be to acquire these players. Will those teams even want to move them? Who might be potential suitors for some of these players? Uh, All of those questions we'll get into. This may even end up taking more than one episode. So John, first of all, Happy New Year. Second of all, who would you like to discuss first? Well, given that we're closing in on the Feast of the Epiphany, and uh, somebody last night had the epiphany that he may never get the chances to play that he wants in a Golden State uniform. Um, oh, and amazingly, wow. it wasn't Moses Moody. <laughs> it was Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, but I think either of those Golden State young guys has to be certainly something worth talking about in the trade market. If the Warriors want to do anything, it's almost like Chris Paul's expiring and one of those guys is is the price, right? Because I, I got to think Wiggins doesn't really have a market right now. And Clay probably has a limited one and they probably rather trade CP than Clay anyway. Um, but what's your, I mean, you're closer to the situation, obviously. What's what's your take on, on Kaminga Gate? Well, it's, uh, for those who missed it, it was reported earlier today that he has quote unquote lost faith in Steve Kerr after he was having a really good game and still only played six minutes in the second half. Uh, and there are a lot of structural issues with this team as to why he can only really play half the game, why playing he and Andrew Wiggins together just hasn't worked. Some of that is just that those guys haven't played very well together. More of it, I would say, is the pieces around them, right? Like the Denver Nuggets had no problems playing Peyton Watson and Aaron Gordon together, who are two guys who are not great shooters, but they have other pieces around them. Golden State with Draymond Green out, they don't really, right? They have to play two small guards to get enough ball handling and they have to play a center and so that makes it really hard to play Kaminga and Wiggins together particularly when Wiggins is struggling the way he is if Wiggins were playing better it almost would be easier to play them together so the question that I have though about Golden State's situation I certainly understand Jonathan Kaminga agitating to play more like he's played pretty well on a lot of teams he would have a bigger role there's a ton of demand for his services he sees someone like an OG and an Obi get traded he sees Devin Vassell and Jaden McDaniels getting paid you know almost $150 million contracts. His extension is coming up. He's got half a season to prove that. So I understand his position that he just has not been allowed to blossom in this Golden State system. For Golden State, though, why are you trading him at this point? Yeah, the I think that's a great question. Obviously, you have to know that you're getting something back that materially impacts your future championship odds. I guess this, this gets at the larger existential question in Golden State, which is... Yeah. 
You, you wrote they, about this. Are they are, are they actually good enough? Like, what's what's their path going forward right now? Because the thing I would love to see them do is just say, okay, fine, we're actually going to play Kaminga and Moody and Pods and Trace, and we're not going to worry so much if the veterans are pissed off about it. Yeah, uh, and I mean, because those veterans haven't been good enough. If you look at that vaunted starting line, I was talking to a scout at the game about this yesterday when we were kind of trying to dissect the Warriors' issues. And my point was their depth actually has been pretty good, right? It's not, those guys aren't championship quality starters, but they've been as good or better than the old Lions. Uh, Draymond has, you know, just been hanging out for the past 11 games, basically. He might come back. It seems like they're not exactly like fired up to receive him, although he's still. (laughs) is their second best player like easily their second best player yes and also one who incidentally is needed to be out there to give them ball handling and also a center at the same time Kevon Looney has really struggled this year Clay Thompson has really struggled this year Wiggins has the lowest true shooting percentage of any player who's qualified for the field goal percentage leaderboard so the four-fifths of that vaunted starting lineup from even last year are massively struggling and so to say oh well we got to trade Kaminga or Moody to or Pajemski to supplement this group. This group is not worth supplementing right now. Like those guys need to prove that if you supplement them, like, and, and who are you going to bring back? Like, that's going to be better. You're going to bring back another like superstar, like Pascal Siakam, who doesn't really fit right. into what they're doing. Like that's, that's kind of the question that, that I have of just like, you got these young players who are pretty good. I mean, maybe your hope is that they can grow around Steph Curry a little bit more and Draymond will give you some sanity. Like you just, I think you got to just kind of stay the course. And then this offseason is when all the change will happen if it's clear that these old vets just don't have it anymore at all. I, I agree with some of that. I do think they need to be a little more aggressive about ripping the Band-Aid, though. Um, like, they're still leaning too hard on their veteran guys. I've, uh, oh, you're saying, saying this season? Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, the reason the Kaminga Wiggins lineup doesn't work, I mean, you could talk about spacing and whatever. It's like Wiggins has been terrible. Why would any lineup with him work? Right? Like, yeah. what? so, uh, you know, I, at the same time, like, I've, I blanch a little bit because I don't think Kaminga has been like a great player or anything. So like I like your stature isn't quite enough where like you going scorched earth on the coach like this really like I, does that make him more attractive to other teams? I, I, I don't know about that. Like his, his rep was always already a little bit like he was a little bit of a me first guy. I don't think this helps on that front, especially when Moody has kept his mouth shut the whole time. Uh, so so the, that underlying part is interesting. But on the other hand, I mean, I get the timing of it when you're talking about the extension is this summer and he needs to show that he can be like worth Jade McDaniel's money or whatever. And if his, his mind, he thinks he is. I mean, I think a little irrational confidence is actually a helpful thing in an NBA player. And so, you know, I, I, I get it from that perspective. And you agree he's been yanked around though, right? Well, I think, yeah, I think he and Moody both have. I mean, Pods at least is a rookie, and he's actually gotten a few more chances, I think, a little more consistently. But, yeah, I mean, the, you know, it's it's never been consistent for him. Yeah, and it's I, I will say for Steve Kerr, like, it has been hard. We've seen the same thing with Darvin Ham, right, where you just have a bunch of guys who are, like, you know, your fourth or fifth best player trying to get them to be your second best player, and they're just like, well, hey, maybe we try this combination. Maybe we try this combination, and particularly yeah. without Draymond, who's such a Swiss Army knife for this team. It's really just hard to find something. You felt it last night uh, as they're scoring four points in the last seven minutes of the game uh, to lose 
lose an 18 point lead in that stretch that you just there isn't a lineup that works it's like like i thought i was trying to figure it out right okay well who's going to guard Jokic? kevon looney all right well now we can't score because steph is just getting double teamed it yeah every time so we go charge center well he can't really guard Jokic. you have no room protection you're going to get destroyed inside clay thompson trying to guard aaron gordon well clay thompson is a terrible rebounder aaron gordon is killing us on the offensive glass well clay thompson can't guard anyone else are we going to take clay thompson out we already can't score uh we're going to go with chris paul or Pajemski. We're going to go with Wiggins or Kaminga. I mean, are we going to go like they probably the best group they had was Sharich and Trace Jackson Davis together. It's just like, yeah. I, I mean, you tell me what the best combination is out of all those guys to go against a team like Denver. And the answer is there isn't one. Yeah. And it's that you're right. It's the exact same thing the Lakers have faced when you have basically eight, eight players of roughly equal ability, but none of them are really good enough. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, I well, mean, that's, and, and they that's are, what the Warriors it, yeah. are right now, other than Steph. Well, and they are like, they are good enough. I, I think, you know, if you still had like Draymond and or Clay playing that well or Wiggins playing that well, they would all be really good. But it's just like they're all pretty much equal at this point. And then you have these guys like Clay, even Clay, right? Like he actually provides a lot of fit issues right now. He used to be, which is really sad because he used to be maybe the most fittable player in the league, right? Amazing shooter who can defend one through four, maybe one through five. Well, now he can defend four. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and he can't dribble at all. He can't yeah. pass at all. So he can shoot, but you need to have can't, another Can't ball pass or won't pass. Yeah. So like most two guards give you some ball handling. He doesn't give you any of that. Mm-hmm. So, but that was fine because they always had Draymond Green to be the second ball handler with Steph Curry. Well, Draymond Green mm-hmm. is out now. So now you have to play another small guard to get enough ball handling. Well, now you're not stopping anyone with Steph Curry, another small guard, and Clay Thompson out there. It just, it's all... It's all falling apart because of just, you know, Clay and Draymond and Wiggins just not being what they were. So, I, I mean, I think you just don't throw good money after bad at this point. Even Steph has kind of fallen off just enough. Yes, he that, has. He has. Uh, you, you know, I mean, still, he's maybe a top five to ten player now instead of a top five player. Yeah. Uh, so, like, he can still go crazy, but they've also had a ton of scoring drops late in games because, you know, he wasn't able to get separation against Aaron Gordon on a switch last night, right? Like, so, uh, not Denver is really good I, I get that like these guys can be better if they can just clean up a few things but yeah I mean it seems like last year's team is like the absolute ceiling for these guys at the point now um but but so yeah I mean you, you mentioned Kaminga you know since we're trying to obviously this Warriors thing was a, a good thing to talk about but I mean are you I, I predict they're not going to move him. do you agree I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I yeah. still think it's unlikely. I, I, I don't know what the move is there. I'm sure they're going to make calls and try to do something with like Wiggins in a future pick or something. I just, I just think they're going to get hung up on. Yeah, I, I th- that's that's another thing I was talking about with that guy yesterday too. Like, what is Wiggins' trade value? And I, I think you just, to me, just hold on to this group and prove to yourself, prove to them, prove to everybody that this era is over this year. And or maybe it won't. Maybe it, I mean, Andrew Wiggins is 28 years old, right? Like, there's I don't understand why he's like completely fallen off uh, all of a sudden. And, uh, you know, the Draymond thing hangs over all this uh, as well. So, I mean, you're still trying to win around Steph Curry. Uh, so I, I think, you know, it, just let it play out. And uh, now they don't have their pick this year, which makes things a little more, a little more difficult. That's, uh, that's gotten a little juicier for, uh, yeah, go Blazers. Portland that yeah. has that now. Yeah. Yeah. So. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And 
producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high-quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns. You can customize things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets, and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John invented it. Use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the POS. It was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War I battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media, Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level. Today, that's shopify.com slash PER. How about on like more veteran players? I guess it's my turn to pick one here. Let's just talk about some of the big boys at this point. Donovan Mitchell, Cleveland. I don't see that, I don't see that happening. Well, I, I don't either. Uh, just because, like, A, you could get the same for him in the summer. So I, I think you put this group together. If maybe if Garland and Mobley hadn't gotten injured and they were like, you know, 500 at the deadline, it would be a little easier to conclude, all right, this is just not working. Uh, that starting lineup was really 
good last year. It was not this year. They had a lot of discontinuity with the injuries. So yeah, I don't see that happening either. I mean, should we just wait until the summer to talk about that then? Is it just, is it I really think, not yeah, I just, I just don't think Cleveland is returning calls on him right now. Yeah. I wonder what it would actually, t- and I think even if you're, and who are the most logical suitors for Mitchell potentially Miami and Brooklyn, like Miami, I think there is, would be a reason to really like try to go get him now if you could because of Jimmy Butler's situation. He's struggled with injuries. Like he's going to be 34. Like the clock is ticking on him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could add Mitchell, obviously heroes in that deal. I mean, they have some really, as they always seem to like, uh, Hawkes, I'm sure they would try to hold on to him as well. They have pretty decent draft pick equity going forward. And Mitchell, much more than he could two years ago, could co- control his destiny yeah. at this point. So I would, I would make the call if I were Miami. Brooklyn, might as well just wait till the summer. You're not winning a championship this year anyway. Miami, I think there would be a lot of value in trying to bowl Cleveland over right now. It's just a question. Like, Hawkes would kind of, I think, be like the big pain point there. Yes. You, if you're going to get Cleveland to move now, because Hawkes would also actually be a really good fit with a Donovan Mitchell list Cleveland team going forward. Forward. Well, yeah, because they need wings. Yeah. Um, all right, your turn. Who, who I, I mean, uh, let's uh, stick to like some of the big fish here of like, even like kind of the pie in the sky guys. Uh, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about marketing last week. I don't think we need to rehash that necessarily. So Pascal Siakam, I think since I think that trade happened since the last time we talked, the Ananobi trade. Yes. Yeah. The the Ananobi one, right? Uh, what, what were your thoughts on that deal, by the way? Uh, pretty much about as you saw it. Uh, good for both sides. I mean, Danny and I did a whole episode on it for Dunk Time Prime listeners. If you want to go back at, and listen to that. And, of course, uh, with the trade deadline coming up, I certainly encourage all of you to subscribe uh, to Dunk Time Prime where you can get every Hollinger and Duncan episode. But, yeah, I thought that Toronto did pretty well. I think there are people like, oh, you know, they could have got more for Ananobi last year and three first-round picks. If it's three protected first-round picks or three first-round picks from a team that projects to be pretty good, at least for the first two of those, I think I probably actually would prefer quickly and and Barrett, you know, we'll see. Maybe he could blossom there. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually thought they did pretty well on that, particularly when you consider how boxed in they were having already traded the Pirtle pick, which is the, yeah. if not the original sin, uh, the one that really just does not look good at all right now. So considering that, I think this is the best package that they could have gotten. I, I, I was like, oh, if they waited, could they have gotten more? Like, I, I don't think so. I think it was totally fine to make this move now. Yeah, I, I, I think the reason they did that is because they, they figured they weren't, A, they weren't getting more, and B, this was one of the few moves that got them back a player as opposed to a pick. Yeah. So I, I think in Toronto's mindset is that they they think Scotty Barnes is the real deal and that they will be ready to win around Scotty Barnes. And so there's not there's not a full reset going on there. So trading in an OB for a halfway decent pick, uh, you know, the Detroit pick from New York and um, and getting quickly who they will presumably re-sign and probably will get it something of a discount. I, I think that I think that's good enough business for them. And yeah, and and for the Knicks, there's this thought, oh, you know, they should have held on to quickly, like play him and brunts together. Like, no, you're you're you can't pay Emmanuel quickly what he deserves to be paid, what he yeah. would have gotten, quite frankly, as a restricted free agent. Both these year. teams like, yeah. had a real problem in the off season, and so they yeah. were they were you know this is a perfect solution for both of them because positionally, quickly and Ananobi fit much better on their new teams than their old ones. 
No, uh, that's a, and, and even Barrett, I think New York's long-term salary structure, if you're going to pay Ananobi, probably couldn't have afforded RJ Barrett. And I, I think there's a possibility New York actually won't be as good for the rest of this year. We'll see what else they do at, at the deadline. But for their long-term group to get better defensively, they just haven't had a three. I mean, when's the last decent three-man that the New York Knicks ha, have had? I mean, basically nobody, right? Like, I mean, I don't count Carmelo Anthony in that. He was always really a four. So, Cam um, <laughs> No, I guess I guess we'll never no, know. I, he never I, got to play. Um, so. No, it, so when we talk about Toronto, though, now I think Siakam is clearly the next domino. Yeah, he is, and there's been rumors that he's uh, available. From Siakam's standpoint, now he's really got a lot of control over the situation. But I also wonder, in terms of like being dealt, and he can avoid going to a situation he doesn't want to go to. But in his situation, to me, anywhere that will pay him is where I want to go. <laughs> right? Like, like if you're, yeah. I mean, I don't think that. Uh, I mean, you see what Toronto's half court offense has been these last few years with him as the main guy. I think it's really hard, and also you see that his shooting is regressed even further now so i think that that's been a a big issue for his overall value i think there was maybe a chance that he would have he could have done like the three-year max extension at the start of last year and that that may have been a missed opportunity for him i don't see anybody whether he gets traded somewhere or not giving him even four years at the max for him being 30 this offseason no i don't see that either so with pascal siakam before we even talk about the price for him i think we have to talk about who the suitors are and the big problem is he is as we talked about because of his lack of three-point shooting not Yes, he has been shooting better of late. Okay. Uh, for, from I mean, is he over thirty percent yet? This, I think he's I, back. I, think, I mean, he was like in the teens for a while there. I, I think. Uh, well, let's see if he's back well, over the well, Mendoza yeah. line yet. I, I, yeah, I think he's basically a a guy who you shoots do not fear more him. as a last resort yeah. than a first resort, right? And that's yeah. you know, in today's game, having that player at the four can be kind of difficult. Now, if your team is set up to give him the ball, then that makes it a little easier. But we've seen what happens when he gets the ball. That's not leading to amazing offense, and you can his age so given those limitations who would or should be interested in giving up an asset for him and possibly paying him on his next contract what about indiana so if you're indiana and you want him why not just go get him in the offseason why give up something now you're you're not gonna win with him necessarily now we've seen that before because you're almost you get yourself into the bird rights trap with him then too they'll they have more flexibility than that Mm -hmm. but i think for a young team like this that's not winning the championship this year better to add pascal just to in free agency and and that way you really in some ways you're almost because if you trade for him now you almost have to like agree on the contract beforehand yeah in free agency yeah you have to you get the winner's curse but maybe there aren't that many other people going for him and i don't think like you might actually get a better deal not having bird rights on him and just giving him his best deal in free agency and you more importantly don't have to give up any draft picks or anything going forward to get him yeah um, you just you know, have to Atlanta, you just right? have to you yeah. know know that you would win that like that it wouldn't be an ex- extended trade or something that sends him out or that he doesn't already have a wink wink deal with his next team when yeah. he's traded well because the other problem is pascal is kind of unextended 
dependable at this point, at least in his own mind, I'm guessing, because he uh, right now he can't sign any longer than a two-year extension at 105% raises mm-hmm. after this. Uh, and it's not like he has a player option that you could have him opt in and extend off of that. Like, it's, yeah. it's a straight four-year deal. It just ends. Like, I think Pascal, of all the places, Indiana is probably the best fit. But if there's only one team that where there's a market for him, right? Like, I don't. he's been talked about in Philly. I don't like his fit with Embiid at all. Yeah. Uh, like, I would almost rather just bring back Tobias Harris, who's kind of the same age, if I'm Philly, on a cheaper deal than to pay a big deal for Siakam. Yeah. To be, like, because Siakam doesn't really fit as a third score. He's kind of second score. Golden State? Golden State be interested in Pascal Siakam? He's, I mean, he's kind of interesting there, right? Um, I don't know. They, I mean, you're very expensive once you resign him, right? That's true. Right? Well, yeah, because I mean, that's the problem, right? Like they're they sent out Chris Paul, presumably. Now, would Andrew Wiggins could he be the matching salary going back out? Canadian Andrew Wiggins? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to really, really hard sell the Canadian part, I think, to to get that one to fly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I they'd have to to me. Golden State would have to really sweeten the pot to make that viable. Yeah. I, I mean, Pascal Siakam is not a terrible fit for Golden State. You know, maybe he could play with Draymond Green, but, you know, maybe if you say, hey, Draymond Green's just not really part of our plans anymore now, like we need a second best player to at least even be in like playoff contention with Steph Curry. But yeah, I agree with you on the expense. Chris Paul's expiring. They need to get under the second apron next year. I mean, maybe, you know, if you're going to play Clay Thompson 15 million a year or something, then maybe a, a, the math works out there. But you also, in theory, have to give Kaminga an extension. So that if they could make Wiggins part of it and then still let Chris Paul expire, that might be yeah, a, that's, a different story. That's where it becomes viable. Would, I just think the cost for Golden State that Toronto would demand to do that will end up being too rich for their blood. Yeah, I mean, so Kaminga and Wiggins... For Siakam, that's not enough for Toronto. Kaminga's also like kind of not a great fit with Scotty Barnes either. Yeah, I, that, I think Toronto is trying to snap themselves out of like having you know just like six eight athletic forwards who can only sort of yeah. shoot as like ten of their twelve roster spots. Yeah, but but I do think Kaminga's a little bit undervalued given his uh, athleticism and he's got some ball skills, finishing like he can defend one on one. Not a great team defender, but he's like a, I do think that you could look up a year from now and think of him in the same class of a Jaden McDaniels type of player. I mean, not that he won't be as good defensively, but he does a lot more on the offensive end than McDaniels. Well, especially, especially if the shooting comes around with him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird because he's, you see him and he's, he's productive in spots. Um, The advanced stats aren't really that high on him still. So, but again, he's, he's young and he's still figuring it out. Yeah. How about Atlanta? That never seemed like a great fit to me either, but Atlanta for Siakam reported to be interested, so I, I guess yeah, I think I think they're going in a different direction now. I, I think they realize okay. they're not going to be good enough this year, and they're going to kind of um, like they may almost like pivot to like a soft tank to get ahead of the first that they owe in the future. Um, yeah, no, I, maybe maybe that's it. Yeah, if they're if they're just move, try to move off like Murray and Capella. And kind of, kind of reset around Trey Young, Jalen Johnson, Kobe Bufkin has been killing in the G League, by the way. So be interested to see if he can play for the varsity at some point. Um, you know, they got 
Bogdanovich has been awesome this year, and they have him signed for uh, three more years. So that that's an interesting yeah. one there. The, um, I mean, Jake Fisher reported that anything, anyone in Atlanta other than Trey Young and Jalen Johnson are available. So yeah, I mean, other than Indiana, like because Indiana is a clean basketball fit, I think for Siakam in part because they have Miles Turner. Yeah. So yeah, I'm trying to think of anybody else that really Brooklyn would be interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Brooklyn's in free fall right now. The karma of resting all those guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh how about how about Sacramento as a Siakam fit? I know that's been talked about and I I don't love it. I mean so much of what they do is is built off of DHOs and just having a lot of shooting all the time. And so I I'm not really sure where he fits in with that. Um but like you know, can you stagger and have him make the bench unit stronger? I I guess, but I mean he's a, he's a good yeah. like he's his, a better his fit with Sabonis is terrible. Yeah, like he's a better player than Harrison Barnes, but I, I just don't know that the that the fit will will end up adding up to that. How about the Dallas Mavericks? Oh, hmm. where he'd be the third guy. Um, yeah, but they have a ton of shooting. Yeah, so he could just like kind of work in between all the gaps and what. And Dallas actually runs now is the other thing, which which I think would re- really help him. Obviously, uh, if they were just trying to walk it up every trip, like like uh, you know, even last year, really, um, I think yeah. it would be a lot harder for him. That's an interesting one. I, well, I don't so, hate that. So then I'm the trying question, to think yeah. how how are they get into the salary. I guess it's like Hardaway and Holmes. Yeah, I, I mean, and that's that's pretty ugly salary for Toronto that I I don't think that they're really interested in. Uh, I, I mean, I guess from Toronto's perspective, we can also pivot to the idea of like you know what is the price, right? If it's Dallas, they're not going to put Derek Lively the second in that deal. So is it just that 2026 first rounder and you know Jaden Hardy and matching salary that's bad that's Omax I mean, Prosper almost... has a Canadian passport doesn't he <laughs> Isn't that the key uh, yeah, to finalizing that, yeah, any deal Yeah I'm sure I'm sure yeah, they could put in uh yeah th- does the guy have global entry uh, <laughs> a, they, they got to go through customs every time they come home so you can't have them slowing the team down Uh yeah so that's and that's the question for Toronto. I mean, to me, my philosophy would be get literally anything that you can for Siakam because I don't think that he's in your long term plans. You yeah. got to pay quickly at this point. They also, I mean, they can actually have cap space using Quickly's small cap hold this offseason yes. as well. And the, but the fit of Siakam and Barnes is just so limited right now. I think uh, again that they, if they had anything really on the table for him, you know, that was multiple assets, they probably should have just done it this offseason. But they also don't want to take back bad salary i'm trying to think of who else like okc he's not really a fit there at all chicago bulls <laughs> wow oh man that's like if the bull if the bulls and raptors the two chase the 10th seed mediocre teams that haven't made a trade yeah make a trade with each other to just yeah. shuffle like the deck S- siakam for levine or something <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah. Uh, now the Charlotte Hornets, but they they they're already out of pick. They can't. It, it's well protected, but they, I don't think you can give up another pick if you're Charlotte. There they will be. That's another one too. Where just try to do it in the off season, maybe. Yeah. There's not really like not really fit in Orlando. I still don't love the fit in Philly. Doesn't really I mean, fit if, in Cleveland, right? No, no, I don't think so. Yeah. So it's just it, it's tough. Like I think is I'll be very interested to see where he ends up. Like that pace 
Spencer's fit is the fit. Like, that to me is yeah. where I would be trying to get to if I were Pascal Siakam. Because they have flexibility going forward. His lack of shooting isn't going to kill them. They need a secondary creator desperately. Uh, he'll still be able to put up some numbers there. Tyrese Halliburton makes everyone look good. Other than that, I don't see anywhere that's really that great for him. I mean, why Why did we rule out Brooklyn? Uh, because they just, I, I just don't think they want to spend their capital on that for a guy who can be a free agent this offseason. Like, they're prioritizing 2025 caps. Okay. So, yeah, actually, yeah. So their cap position is actually pretty good going forward. And when Simmons yeah. comes off, it'll be much, much better. So, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Now, I mean, if you could move Ben Simmons for him. <laughs> would you Straight just, up. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, I think you'd do that. Yeah. yeah but I, I think Br- Brooklyn, any delusions of grandeur, they may have been disabused. Mm-hmm. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so we talked Siakam. Ananobi is off the board. What about DeJounte Murray? A lot of teams are supposed to be interested in him now. We just said the Hawks are not opposed to dealing anyone other than Trey Young and Jalen Johnson. It obviously hasn't worked in Atlanta. What do you see as the market for DeJounte Murray? Uh, I think his extension should make it a pretty decent market. Because he's already signed for the next four years at a reasonable number. So he doesn't have to be awesome to justify his salary. He just needs to be a good starter. And I think he can do that. Um, yeah, I a think good starter at point guard, by the way. Not well, not at shooting guard. Or or is he or is he somebody who flips back and forth between the two guard spots? Or I, I don't he think he is. Defend, or is he defending the one, you know, if he plays with another big guard? Well, because he's not, he's failed in this role of, like jack of all trades defender on the perimeter. To me, yeah, he's more attractive now as a one because his shooting improvement actually makes him like a decent shooter now at the one. So you can play him off the ball, but I, you you're not going to be good defensively at the two. He's so thin, also, right? Like you mm-hmm. would prefer to have someone with a little bit more strength at the two, and having him be a, a pick and roll threat, but who can also shoot off the ball. I think like he actually fits better next to like a star wing than he did back in his San Antonio days. Yeah, so that. That would be, I thought he actually would have been a decent fit in Toronto. Now they got quickly, who's probably to me a better fit. So where, where does he make sense then? Is Yeah, who has a big, uh, Spurs? Can the Spurs yeah. 
Clippers reacquire him? <laughs> give give uh, Atlanta one of their picks back? Uh, should I nominate the Chicago Bulls again? For who, though? I know. I, I, they, the Bulls shouldn't be pushing stuff in. No. And, they, and they got Kobe White. Kobe White is a starting point. Kobe White is Kobe White's done a here. nice job. Yeah, yeah. What, what about, yeah, I mean, Utah, if they wanted to, yeah, I think that seems like more of an off-season thing. I think whatever happens with Murray feels like more of an off-season thing to me. I mean, the, what about the Lakers? That's an interesting one. Uh, you know, can they do they can they give Atlanta enough? Because so the thing that holds the Lakers back from some of these like Zach Levine types is that they are hard capped. So just getting to enough salary is a real problem for them. But they could turn they could turn Russell into Murray pretty easily. Um, yeah. Now the Hawks don't want Russell is kind of the problem. Although oh, they are trying to, if, if, if in this conception they are trying to lose some games this year. But yeah, Russell will opt into his player option. You would think next year. What like what if you were the Lakers? Your two assets are twenty nine to thirty first round pick and Reeves. If you were just Austin Reeves for Dejounte Murray straight up, would you do that if you were the Lakers? I think the Hawks clearly would like to, right? Yeah. I would I would I do that if I was LA? Uh I'm not sure because I'm really LA. I mean, you're trying so hard to optimize the short term, and that's either the two ways you do that are replacing your bad players with better players, or just getting more shooting there in general. Now Murray's like an okay shooter, but he's, he's still not like a knockdown guy or anything. So I I do think Reeves probably still fits there better than uh, better than Murray does. I don't know. It's a it's a close call. That's an interesting one. There'd have to be a little bit more salary in there, but it's it's not hard to get. To to the number if you need to no no that that is an interesting one i mean your other option would be because because i don't know that a 2029 first rounder is quite what is quite meeting atlanta's price you know rui yeah. hachimura and a 2029 first rounder or russell and a 2029 first rounder right that's not that enticing if you could just do reeves cost control that also yeah. i mean you could maybe maybe there would even be a way to fold in bogdan with that well i mean that that be that reeves and bogdanovich i think are somewhat uh, overlap. I mean, Bogdanovich is more of a pure shooter, and Reeves is more of an on-ball guy. But to have them out there on the court at the same time with Trey Young, like you want to talk about toast? Yeah. Uh, so I, I just don't think that's really a plausible thing. Yeah, I mean, if the Hawks move on from Bogdanovich this year, like they will lose plenty of games. Like he is yeah. so important to what they're doing offensively because they really don't have any shooting outside of him and Trey, who's who's quietly shooting like in the high 30s here. Yeah, I mean, you know, Hunter's okay, you know, when he comes back. But yeah, no, nobody who's scaring you. Yeah, I'm trying to think any other Murray teams. I mean, yeah. Miami? Ooh, yeah, again, if it's Hero as the matching salary, that's the Hero-Trey uh, Young combination. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not in enticing one for Atlanta. Maybe it's Duncan Robinson. Still feels like Miami would be shooting higher than that. Yeah. But but I think Murray... And if you're holding on to here, like Murray and here are kind of, all right, our main skill is taking mid-rangers off the pick and roll, right? Yeah. Now, Murray is better defensively. And Murray would fit in really well with the way Miami likes to force turnovers and play some zone. Oh, I got one for you. Orlando Magic. Yeah. That that would be a thought to me. I think the Magic would have been a great quickly team. That's probably off the table for them now. I would like someone who shoots it a little bit better at that position. Yeah, Murray's not a perfect fit there, but again, with his shooting improvement, it looks a little bit better. But you're still, you know, Murray and Suggs as your background. Like they really would love to get, I think, like a plus shooter rather than just like an okay shooter at that position. Yeah, but yeah, that, that's not a bad one. 
Uh, All right. Phoenix, I mean, now, Phoenix Suns. I, I just don't know. I just don't know that they can get to the salary. No, they, they don't have that. Yeah, they don't have any assets that would work there. Sure, the Suns would love to to get a point guard. I mean, what, this is going to be a multiple episode series, obviously, where we get into because these bigger guys take longer yeah. to talk about. In that vein, mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan, the Chicago Bulls, I think probably a more coveted player than Zach Levine, given yeah. the contract status. Expiring contract, although it's weird, like more coveted, but also there's a limit on what teams are really going to pay because they have to re-sign him after the year. He's unrestricted, so it's a little bit of a question mark. So anyone who needs kind of on-ball, one-on-one scoring, I think it's a it's a place you look. Uh, where where is that that makes that makes sense? Yeah. Now Chicago does have their pick this year, but they seem to still want to remain competitive. I don't think there's much reason to re-sign him. DeRozan is another guy who can control his destination to some degree. The Lakers is another one that seems like a pretty good fit for him, given how bad their offense is. Like they could really use just some floor raising mm-hmm. that DeRozan provides. Now he doesn't help their shooting, but he clearly is just a much better ball handler than any one that they have yeah it just you would love for DeRozan to be able to be more of a focal point on a team that has a lot of spacing but DeRozan can also be a floor racer for an Orlando Magic type of team where yeah he's best when he's got a lot of spacing around him it's been rare but he can at least get to a mid-ranger it's kind of even if you don't have much spacing you still don't necessarily want to double team him 17 feet from the hoop if he has the right matchup yeah potentially but do you like that fit with the Lakers I mean it's not perfect but it's also they've had their eye on each other for a while yeah i mean it it gives them some skill at least even though right yeah you want to have more three-point shooting there obviously and you're going to lose three-point shooting depending on what you send out i mean i guess if you could do it sending out hachimura and keeping russell and reeves that would be the way you would try to do it i think they would probably want to just do it for russell you would think uh but i mean maybe it'd be hachimura said i don't know what if chicago's interested i mean if you're chicago is a 2029 top four protected Lakers pick enough? I, it, I would yeah. I, I would go ahead and do that if I were them. Yes. But I said if you're Chicago. <laughs> or, or, or no, how, how would a Chicago is <laughs> How would Chicago? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Maybe they want to it re-sign, feels... re-sign him and chase the 11th seed again next year. Yeah, I agree. I, I might demand that it be unprotected. Um, but who else are suitors for Drozzi? Yeah, like Orlando, maybe it could make some sense there, depending on how close they feel they are to really getting into the top of the conference. You know, he yeah. would be a good fit maybe in Brooklyn, but I just don't think they're trying to go in that direction right now. Miami, I think they would just would be too low on shooting. But Philly? So Miami was the one I was yeah. going to bring up, where yeah. if it was Lowry for DeRozan, would that be something they would look at? And then you throw in, what, a 27 first-round pick? Yeah, that's probably what you're doing. And then you could bring... I, I think DeRozan's game is just a little too redundant with Butler and Bam. Right, right. I, I think you just... I would rather probably go the role-player route with my assets instead. Uh, let me give you one other more. Yeah. Let me give you one other one yeah. where money, money is probably going to be an issue, but Minnesota. Well, and assets is an issue. What do they have to trade? Uh, Leonard Miller? No, no first. <laughs> And no players, really. Like uh, McDaniels, they, they wouldn't put him in. But even if they did, uh, he, they, the math couldn't work because of his extension. 
Uh, I think they could still trade uh, a bunch of swaps, right? Well, and, then, and actually the matching salary. Yeah, they could They could do the... Uh, Zach Lowe had a great analogy. Uh, the uh, Lord Voldemort's uh, soul <laughs> horcrux <laughs> of like just continuing to trade more and more swaps until you're guaranteed to have the 30th pick every year. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and also the matching salary, right? It'd be, yeah, I guess, Nas Reed and Kyle Anderson. Who would have been like kind of kind of good for them, so you're taking a risk. Yeah, yeah DeRozan is definitely a tough fit, uh, I would say. Would DeMar DeRozan be a good fit on the Houston Rockets? I think that's a really interesting one, huh? That is really interesting. But I, I just don't know what price I'm willing to pay for that if I'm Houston. Obviously, they have, like with Landale and Oladipo, like they have the contracts to do it. But what are, what are you really willing to put in there asset-wise to get, yeah, to they, get a year, they, year DeRozan? Yeah, the Rockets... Next three picks are controlled by OKC with some protections. And then they do have Brooklyn first rounders this year and in 26. Yeah. Or, you know, like uh, Cam Whitmore, you know, might yeah. be someone who could be in that deal. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, I just wonder if they would be willing to cut bait on... The, like, I know they have a crowd on the wing with, with young wings, with Thompson and Whitmore and Eason. I just don't know that they're ready to cut bait on one of them just to make a deal like this. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, they you know they were trying to sign Brooke Lopez in the offseason. So, it did, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that is something they'll consider. Yeah. That's an interesting one because their offense is bad enough that getting a floor, floor raiser would really help. And, uh, you know, I hate to say it, like bringing Jalen Green off the bench would probably be the move then no and then maybe you could try to bring back DeRozan because they have pretty decent salary structure for next year I mean, they, that they room below the tax yeah say like because they're looking at cap space again in the summer of 2025 so maybe you could sign DeRozan I'm now DeRozan is going to want a multiple year contract which they wouldn't want to give him after this year but he would fit well there given again that they're just trying to win as many games as possible these next two years yeah so yeah you overpay him for one year with a team option yeah so I, I guess but it feels like I don't know if one asset gets it done for Chicago but maybe what happens is DeRozan and Aaron Goodwin can grease the skids and be like hey take this offer because I'm not resigning here under any circumstances yeah but do you really want to do that tomorrow DeRozan if Chicago is willing to give you a Nikola right. Vucevic you know, three years for no real reason. I mean, he would want more than that on a per year basis, but extension, right? Like, uh, whereas I, I'm not sure another team is like, oh yeah, here's three more years at, at age 34. Yeah, yeah. I so, think that so that's, I mean, I'm sure he'd like to get somewhere to win, but I, to me, maybe Chicago is his best place to continue to get paid. Yeah. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. And particularly if they move Levine. That's who we should talk about next here. Yeah, Levine. Um, you know, he's coming back now, and I think it's going to be really interesting because the Bulls played better after he went out of lineup. Not all of that has to do with Levine. Uh, like Kobe White played massively better. He couldn't make a shot the first month of the season. Um, so, but we'll see what kind of impact he has. I think there's concern about the money he's due. Uh, you know, th- three more years, $138 million after this year. Uh, about his knees, even though he's been healthy, um, and then just about how good a player he really is. Yeah, and some of these players, again, you run into this issue of what the Bulls are willing to accept for him. I think there's a feeling that he's negative money, so the only way you're getting back positive value for him, like, first of all, you're not going to be able to get back somebody who can play. Right? Yeah. That seems very unlikely. I mean, maybe it's because, yeah, there aren't that many guys who, you know, like Jeremy Grant would, in theory, be so like sort of a like for like, but Portland's not interested in Zach Levine, right? Yeah. Like that's, but something along those lines where it's like, hey, just maybe a guy in a different position who's also overpaid, but yeah. there really are not many people in that. Now, you know, if you were, yeah, I mean, even Brooklyn, I was like, oh, like if Brooklyn could get off of Ben Simmons mm-hmm. and trade him for Levine, but then you're still, you're messing up your 2025 cap space plan. Uh, yes. And then the other one to think about is the Lakers, since they've been mentioned so much, but because they're hard capped, it's tough for them to take on that $40 million salary uh, would probably have to be Hachimura and Russell and Hood Shafino and the pick, right? That that probably like just gets him there and gets him under the wire on the on the hard cap. Uh, the fit because of his shooting is worth talking about. Like that that to me is at least interesting. Uh, the yeah, the, but he would have to actually shoot, right? Like that's the problem. Part of why the Bulls' <laughs> offense opened up a little bit is like yeah, Zach Levine is a forty percent three point shooter, but he just doesn't take uh, enough of them, right? If he's bombing ten or eleven per thirty six, which he could get off, then yeah. it becomes a lot more interesting. But Kobe White actually came in and started taking a lot more threes than him and making them obviously when he went out. And then there's the defensive questions too. Like I I do agree with you. It's like it's an okay fit, but it just it, he still is someone who is like kind of a, a usage hog who doesn't necessarily set guys up and he's not like that dominating of a one-on-one score and of course has a lot a lot of defensive issues so you know he was i think you could believe that he could play at like close to an all-star level for the next couple of years but i'm just wondering who really you've still got some bad years uh, on the end of that contract yeah and so it really would have to be to me the construction has to be chicago taking on bad money and, and you would have thought all right you know maybe it could be like Rashawn Holmes and Tim Hardaway Jr. or something but is Levine is not a good fit with Luca and Kyrie they'll never stop anyone yeah. with that group so yeah. like you see as you kind of run through the teams it's like hey, is it really worth doing this like Miami with you know for uh Hero I was see the thing I was just going to ask you is if you're going to trade 
for Levine, wouldn't you just rather trade for Hero? Well, I don't know if he's available just for like assets. And Levine is way better than Hero too. Like let's, I think he's even better defensively even here. Like Hero will execute a little bit better, but Levine, he just doesn't have that terrible reputation where they're going to go at him every time. Like he looks yeah. athletic, so that at least gives him something. <laughs> he's, he's not he's not a disaster one on one. Like he's more no, of a he's not defender disaster. He's not. No, I was thinking more between the age and the contract. Yeah, well, because Hero seems like the guy who's going out for the team with the star going back to Miami. It seems like just kind of a different sort of situation to me. Um, but like, yeah, that could maybe make some sense. But if you're Miami, again, you're, you want to get probably Donovan Mitchell instead of Zach Levine. So yeah. why are you going to go? It's just the opportunity cost of Levine in terms of future salary, in terms of maybe being able to get someone better who either is a better score or a better fit. It, it, it's definitely a really weird situation now. All right, if he comes back and he averages 30 a game on good efficiency for the next month, then maybe he has more of a market. But he wasn't playing well this year, and he also yeah. has the, the injury concern. Yeah. The Knicks make any sense? No, again, just due to the the lack of flexibility. I, I, I would say no. Um, yeah. The, the I mean, you're again, really... You're, like, yeah, who are you trading? Like, the Knicks don't have any bad contracts now to trade. Yeah. Yeah, you really lock yourself in there. I mean, they could do Fournier, but then the second contract is going to be somebody they actually value. Would Atlanta have some interest there? Like, the uh, package built around, like, DeAndre Hunter? I just, Atlanta I mean, doesn't have... They already yeah. have Bogdanovich. They already have a point guard who doesn't guard anybody. I, yeah. and, and they're already out three draft picks in the future. Yeah. Uh, Orlando Magic. Uh, yeah, that, that's one that would make a little bit of... Maybe seems like more of an off-season thing again. Yeah. Uh, how, how about this? Okay. Our buddy KP was saying how he wants to go after that Detroit pick that the Knicks have right now because he thinks Detroit will make a rash move. So that that number oh that number thirty basically it's going to be number thirty one. No 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 he said the Knicks have a protected Pistons pick that everyone is assuming just will never convey by twenty twenty seven due to the protection right that, you know it goes down to like top nine protected yes by the end his theory was the Pistons will do something rash to just try to improve the optics of their team and that therefore that pick actually will convey at some point before 2027. I mean, I I guess I've just... And, and that this would be something rash, right? This would, it would be getting Zach Levine. Or Siakam. Yeah. Where I still struggle is like, okay, they still got to get into the top 17 teams next year for that to pay off. <sighs> like, they got a long way to go. And I'm not sure the draft is going to help them much this year. So, hmm, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, can but, it be but a, so, like, a 27 Pistons, first? Yeah. Maybe. But them doing something rash now actually hurts them in 27. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like uh, James Wiseman and Joe Harris for Levine. Yeah. That, no. But, I mean, but that that also feels like an offseason thing, right? Like, the Pistons have $41 million in cap space this offseason. They strike out on that, and then maybe they trade for Levine to try to get better. Yeah. Well, I mean, Marvin Bass. Exactly seemed like an off-season thing too, but they still traded picks to make sure that they could <laughs> be the team that got to overpay him. All right, let's run through a few more of these guys rapid fire here. Okay, haven't heard his name much, All right. but I'm surprised at that. Kyle Kuzma. I just, I just think that Washington is only going to do something if they can really burn some, burn another team, and otherwise they're going to hang on to him because they haven't signed for three more years of declining money. I think they're just waiting for their opportunity to get somebody so thirsty that they'll overpay. So right now they're probably going to keep their price really high. I, I mean, surely, yeah, I surely they would approach. listen, but I just, I, you know, 
If I'm Washington, I ask for two first. And if I'm the other team calling, I hang up the phone at that point. I would take one if I were them. Absolutely. Like if, if you could get a, a pick that's, you know, even like low 20s, high teens for him, I would absolutely make that deal right now. Like I think there is a significant chance. Like there's, you're never getting two first for him. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. And there's a significant chance, you know, he stays healthy, but how long, how long is his brand going to hold up given how incredibly awful the Wizards have been and will continue to like I, I think you get off of, like you didn't trade him at last year's deadline like you should have mm-hmm. you re-signed under this contract he, they re-signed under this contract to trade him I think absolutely just, the risk of him losing his value is greater than the possibility that you're going to get some huge return for him mm-hmm. what do you think of him and Dell uh kind of interesting I don't know he's like he like is he a great outside shooter he's he's okay though he's you know he's a guy yeah. who can but play they, they can use four. one more guy who can do something yeah. off the dribble yeah yeah that's where he helps they could use they could use one more guy exactly yeah yeah even kuzma i I still am like hey you know is this fit really that good he's sort of like a c plus defender c plus shooter can create some shots but not at a particularly efficient rate his he was on some winning lakers teams but then ended up getting traded i don't think he particularly contributed to all that right but he's on a manageable deal just for a team that desperately needs some some forward depth but yeah other than other than dallas yeah who is the team that really wolves maybe that much? i'm sorry wolves well again they don't have enough to get they just can't yeah they just can't do anything to get them yeah nor do they have the mat like they would rather probably hold on to nas reed than acquire kuzma don't you think uh what about sacramento yeah that was where he was kind of rumored in the offseason yeah I, I never loved his fit there again because it's just you have a good offense so why do you need to create more average efficiency shots now he would maybe is he an upgrade defensively on Harrison Barnes a little maybe maybe not um you know Keegan Murray is more the guy that they want to focus on in the wing in terms of develop continue to develop uh, his offensive game which Kuzma I think would take away from I think actually Kuzma would be a okay fit in Phoenix but they are another team that just doesn't have the scratch to go get him yeah (laughs) could uh would Phoenix be willing to take Jordan Poole off the Wizards hands (laughs) if they don't have the matching salary (laughs) yeah I think I think Jordan Poole is a uh, a long-term wizard at this point. Yeah. You know, could actually like Kuzma on the Bulls would be interesting. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Perfect fit for a team chasing the 10th seed as opposed <laughs> to the 14th seed the way the Wizards are. But yeah, it is kind of interesting that he just has not really been talked about at all. If you're Dallas, would you rather have Kuzma or Jeremy Grant? I think I'd rather have Grant. Even given the contract differences? I guess I feel like I'm in the tax either way. Like, I'm going to go for it. Let me really go for it. I, I agree with you, right? Like, it's these next couple of years that matters now. And Grant ascends and Kuzma descends. But Grant's a better spot of shooter. And he's a better individual defender. Yeah. Even if and, Kuzma is maybe a little better as an ISO score, but probably not much. And Grant, like, it's Grant, like a little... I mean... You can get goofy yeah. and, like, do stuff with him as a five maybe sometimes, too. Like, there's just a, li- there's a little bit more flexibility there. Yeah, like, Grant... Grant could even guard some point guards if they needed to, I think. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, that's that's not Kuzma. I, and Grant, I mean, this is an aside, but how much credit does this guy deserve for improving his shooting? He was right? awful. Okay, so we, we th- Nate, we had him in for a workout in Memphis, and he could he could yeah. not make a damn thing, okay? And, like, to see the progress he's made as a shooter where he's, where he's doing catches 
above the shoulder and not even bringing the ball down and just launching a three and making it. I mean, it's it's incredible. No, it re- it really is. I mean, it, that is an underrated story of just, like the ones that I like the most of guys who just improve things that you just never thought they uh, you couldn't even make a free throw back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's do one more here. Alex Caruso, obviously a valuable player uh, in a in a lot of different constructs. Great contract, only makes nine point nine next year. The Bulls really should be looking at, at seeing what they could get for him, given where they are. But I also think he's valuable enough to them that they're, you know, again, they're little delusional, whatever you want to call it, of chasing 35 wins every year. I think that's going to prevent them from actually doing anything with him. So they probably wouldn't do it for like one crappy first. I, I He seems like a good Philly fit to me because they kind of have like a few of these extras that they could move. Now they have their own. I guess they can't trade anything until we get to 2020. So maybe maybe that's not right that they don't they don't have quite enough to get him and they don't necessarily want to go in on him. But I kind of like him there because he's under contract for next year. It's such a reasonable number that yeah. he helps them this year. He doesn't mess up their cap space plans for next year he's shooting the spot up three well enough now and he just adds that one more guy who can really give you some juice defensively on the perimeter like he's so good as a help defender too like you you then you don't have to rely quite as much on uh Anthony melton and you're also protected if he leaves in free agency which he's probably going to if you try to go this cap space route yeah yeah so i now is that like a sexy enough name for daryl morey yeah i don't i don't know that's and yeah, because once you use these picks, like that's kind of it. You know, these picks they got from the Clippers in the Harden deal, that that's kind of their currency right now because they can't really trade their own picks. So is it worth, yeah, let is me, it worth let me using detail. that yeah. to take the to take the shot at, at him? They have a pick in twenty six that's the worst of the Thunder Rockets or Clippers, uh, and then they have an unprotected twenty eight first round pick from the Clippers. It looks like yeah, so so they could trade that twenty eight first from the Clippers, and they could trade their twenty thirty, or they could maybe you know try to use some I don't think some it, more of these Horcrux swaps with some of the swaps they. Uh, have the I don't Clippers. think they could trade their twenty their twenty. 30 uh yeah they can because they, they have their own in 29 uh they that could still go to brooklyn in 29 i thought oh oh yeah well that's yeah based on the stepian rule and or yeah. well i mean i'm sorry based on the fact that they have picks that like might not resolve earlier or something like that yeah yes. I, I guess that's true but I, I think the likelihood would be that they could trade 2030 20, um because i i don't see that you know their 20 25 yeah. first is the bottleneck there that's only protected one to six like that's gonna go i think if you're another team you can feel pretty good about that any other caruso suitors to you uh i mean the lakers are always gonna come up right because he, he fits so well there and they never should have let him walk in the first place yeah so that's it they're 29 or 30 first yeah would have to be that's enough for you if you're the bulls right I, I mean, if it's like, if I can get an unprotected pick, yeah, yeah, I'm going straight to the I, phone I, I call. Think so. I, I mean, Alex Russo is a good player. A lot of teams are going to want him, but you also, as Chicago, like have to just take whatever the best deal is. Yeah. Now, is that Lakers pick the best deal at 2029 20, unprotected Lakers first? It's uh, hard for me to see that you're going to do much better than that. Yeah. Now, in terms of teams that might be in, would you know where he would be a pretty sick fit is the Thunder. That might be one where I mean they they have the ammo to go get. They 
They have the ammo, yeah, yeah. If So if they could do, like, Misich for Caruso and whatever picks, yeah. I mean, that would be yikes. Would, would you trade Josh Giddy for Alex Caruso? I might pull back on that just because, like, you're still figuring out exactly what Giddy is. And I also think Giddy could be the key to, to maybe a bigger deal for them at some point. So I, I might not pull the trigger on that one. Yeah, you know, I need to have some conversations, too, about how toxic this personal stuff is with Giddy as far as acquiring him. Right. I, I think right now it's probably a, a you know a little bit of a PR issue from what I from what I've heard through the grapevine I I don't think it's going to be a uh I, I don't yeah. think it's going to be a it, thing that not impacts his, it, that yeah. I don't think it'll be an, a thing that impacts his career long term yeah yeah other than just from a PR standpoint I guess it's yeah. it's really more about just like does when does this blow over as opposed to like you know could he be facing legal consequences suspension that kind of stuff is, is my best understanding that that seems unlikely at this point but yeah i mean there are a lot of caruso teams that, and it's just a question for some of these good teams like the boston celtics actually you know probably could acquire alex caruso if they wanted to that's a really interesting one uh you know i was going to say milwaukee obviously be a great fit there i just don't know how the bucks get that to the finish line yeah they can't but if you're Boston, you know, you can trade your first this year. You're out of 29 first to Portland and a 28 swap to San Antonio. So you could even trade your first this year and a 26 first to get him if you wanted to. And he's one of the few players, because their big problem is matching salary. He's one of the few players that matching salary wise, they might actually be able to get. Yeah. Uh, you know, they might run into some roster spot issues there. And they are, I mean, it's got their, their matching salary situation is so rough right now. I, even like Hor- almost Horford might almost have to be in there or you'd have to have i guess like i think like how much does caruso make exactly he makes nine nine four yeah, yeah. so you'd have to do at least three players if you didn't include horford yeah that's but that that's the sort of player i mean if they added him as well and that would be pretty insane i don't know if you would want to go two first for him he also like he gets injured all the time too that's the other reason that's the other thing with him yeah him now yeah but there are, yeah, there'll be a lot of teams interested in Alex Caruso. And it's just a question for these teams. Do we want to, is he the guy, like, because you don't make a move for Alex Caruso unless you think you're winning the championship this year. I think that's right. Yes. Or you're the Detroit Pistons and you just want to do something rash. <laughs> All right. Well, that will do it here. Please subscribe to Dunked on Prime to get every Hollinger and Duncan. We'll be continuing to break down the trade market in this sort of fashion. There are a lot of, I'm actually getting kind of excited about this uh, trade deadline as we talk it through, John, there are going to be a lot of players who in theory yeah. could be available. Yeah. It's really more the issue of whether like the teams involved that might want them have enough assets to make it worth the team's while. Yeah, and and will the will the sellers really become sellers? And will there be yeah. enough of them? It seems like it's starting to evolve that way. I, I am hopeful. But yeah, the, the bulls are the one that you always wonder about. But I mean, <laughs> it should be sellers just, that yeah. won't be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think a lot will be determined, right? Like the fact that they've gotten this little winning jag since Levine has been out and they're actually now kind of in contact with the 10th seed and also quite frankly the Nets and Hawks are like free falling back to the Bulls. Raptors yeah. will see maybe they'll make a push now that they have quickly they played a little bit better. 
those first couple of games after the trade. But yeah, I mean, your ninth seed right now is five games under 500. In the year. Yeah. All right. But anyway, subscribe to Dunked on Prime. You can get Seth Partnow's writing. He's uh, been writing for us a couple times a week. You can uh, get every Dunked on episode five per week. You can get every Hollinger and Duncan, all of this ad free. Of course, you can get Dan Feldman's daily dunks. You get access to our salary sheets, which will be absolutely essential as we get into trade season. So lots of reasons to subscribe to Dunked on Prime. We'll talk to you all next time. Till then. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.